I could pull a couple of all-nighters on a project and get ulcers. And at the end of the day, what I and my team produced from that was like, you know, basically a PowerPoint deck. Now I'm doing tangible work that people see, appreciate, look at, and go, wow, how in the world did you do that? You see a smile when you hand it to them. Welcome to the Fiber New Exchange Podcast, where we connect with franchise owners and industry partners in discussing business ownership, the ups and downs along the way with running a franchise, and a whole lot more. My name is Jesse Johnstone. I'm president here at Fiber New. With 250 plus franchise partners, we are the worldwide experts in the restoration of leather, plastic, and vinyl. You just heard franchise partner JT Thompson of Fiber New Nashville Metro describe his past career, chock full of ulcers and having to do all-nighters for the sake of creating a slide deck. If you know what I mean by that, you'll want to hear JT's story and how he left 20 plus years in telecommunications behind him to make the leap into business ownership with Fiber New. At the time of this recording, JT was just in his second month of operation. He found Fiber New out of an act of necessity. He needed Fiber New service for a car he was restoring, did some Googling, and discovered that Fiber New was open in his area. He reached out directly to our development team, started the conversation, and now he's a franchise partner with us, and we're happy to have him on board. This is how JT explains it all. Let's talk a little bit about your previous life and your, your professional background before coming on board with uh, your Fiber New franchise. Absolutely. The majority of my, my career has been in, in you know type of a, a corporate type of setting, uh, particularly in the, the IT and the telecommunications space. Um, and it's, it's been a bit of a 50-50. For about half of that, I was in sales and sales management, uh, really either uh, you know, selling, selling what, or, uh, products and services uh, or managing folks who did. And then towards the latter half, I switched into... Uh, more of a sales training role uh, where, you know, kind of went broader and wider and taught the folks who were selling. And ultimately it ended up, I was uh, running the the sales training department. I was the director of the sales training department for a national telecommunications company. And how many years were you in that space? Roughly 20, about 20 years. 20 years. And I'm I'm sure um, a lot of people would be curious about the hop from telecommunications into repairing leather, plastic, and vinyl. Um, what, what were some of the, the, the factors that, that contributed to the switch? So as far as, you know, you're right, there, there probably isn't a, uh, a natural tangent there <laughs> from one to the other. But uh, yeah. I guess there's not, not much natural about me, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so as, as often happens in the uh, you know, modern corporate world, kind of mergers and acquisitions are the, uh, the, the well, it, it's where we are right now. You kind of got to get used to it. It happens frequently. And in my case, uh, a large, probably one of the largest telecommunications company in the world purchased us. Uh, and we went from a, from a little company of 3,000, 3,500 people to a company all of a sudden of 175,000 people. We were a bit of a rounding error. Uh, right. On, on, and uh, as often happens as well, middle management gets rendered, uh, you know, kind of obsolete or, or redundant anyway. At that moment, you know, my, my position was eliminated. I had I was I was very fortunate and blessed to have a have a nice severance package, which gave me some time to evaluate my options uh, and really really think about what I wanted to do. And as far as what led me to get on this path, I as part of that, what I was doing before, it, it was a it was a career, but it was a job. I got to the point where I wasn't excited to get up and do what I did every day. 
Um, in fact, sometimes there was even a little bit of dread about uh, what was coming down the pipe, you know, things like that. And, and so I really made a conscientious decision to the old the old adage: if you uh, if you do for a living what you enjoy, you'll never work another day in your life. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one that's always been burned in my head, and I, I decided to uh, to go in that direction. And so, working with my hands, utilizing, trying to apply some real kind of old world craftsmanship. It has, has been a passion of mine. Specifically, I've always been big on restoring cars, uh, vehicles, uh, fixing fixing them up, and, and doing things like that. It's just, that's my happy place. So I made an effort to go in that direction, which kind of put me down the path towards Fiber New. It's interesting to hear your passion for cars, because we have a lot of franchise owners who, who share that. There seems to be kind of a natural draw uh, between that hobby and Fiber New. And then it, it's really interesting to hear about your sales background as well, because it, it's the same thing where we have a lot of uh, individuals who come from a, a prior sales role in, in the previous life. And it's obviously directly applied to what we do in fiber. Day. What about the, the entrepreneurial spirit or kind of the, the business operation side of things? Is that something that was natural to you or you had a, you know, kind of a, a disposition for, or is this, is that new ground for you or? Well, you know, as far as the entrepreneurial side goes, I, I, you know, and you mentioned the sales thing, I think anybody and probably anybody who happens to hear this podcast, who's ever been in a, a sales role has had some point in their career where they were selling things that the buyer, you know, if you build it, they will come and the people couldn't buy it right. really quickly enough. And they've had things mm-hmm. where you might as well have been selling sand in the desert. Um, mm-hmm. And so when you're look when you when you're looking at a business opportunity and you've been in that position before of selling something that nobody really wants, you you learn pretty quickly to identify I think uh, what's an entrepreneur good op- entrepreneurial option and what might not be money well invested. Um, to that end, I it, I, I kind of got turned on to Fibernew. <clears throat> Just to take it a little bit further. I was fixing up a an old BMW I had, and it was uh, the seats in it. Funny enough, the leather seats in it, they, they were in need of some love. They weren't trashed, but they needed some attention. And okay. so I began, I began just, you know, this is kind of not really looking at it at Fiber New. I was just looking for someone in my market here in Nashville to do such a repair. And it blew my mind that I could not find anybody to do it. And uh, that got me one day just going down the internet rat hole of uh, doing some additional searching and additional searching. And then I came across Fibernew and I kept coming across the Fibernew name and uh, saw them there and I saw us there. And I uh, guess not them anymore. It's us now. I was like, wow, took a, took a look at it, did a search for my market. And at the time, there was just a big hole hitting me and hit me in the side of the head going, wow, Nashville's open. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that that got me kind of pursuing down that a little bit more. Um, so so knowing that knowing the the enthusiast market, and, and I'll, I'll expand more in a in a moment about you know some other opportunities. But at that moment, knowing the car enthusiast market the way I did, knowing what people want to spend their money on, what they're what they're mm-hmm. willing to spend their money on. I knew right then and there that I wasn't selling sand in the desert if I if I went with this opportunity. This is something in high demand in low supply in the market I'm in. I, you know, of all the other franchisees I've talked to, most, I, I think most probably come in looking at a broad swath and then narrow it down to Fibernew. And, and that's, 
I, I get that. And my, the way I went was probably a little bit different in that I, I honed in on it and identified it very quickly as something I definitely had an interest in and a passion for, and I think there definitely was a need for. So I, I really kind of focused in early, at least on this type of franchise and this type of repair and this type of service offering, and with Fiber New in particular. What I was referencing as far as other opportunities is when I really got excited you know, before just kind of honing in on, on the the car market, uh, when I was just had had a little bit of tunnel vision on that one use case, uh, mm-hmm. I was in the mindset, you know, this could be a, a lucrative hobby, something to do on the side, and so I was mm-hmm. I was kind of coming at it from that angle in the in the in the beginning. That is when I really started to kind of broaden my view of of, of this, you know, what, what, what Fiber New offered. And I began to see the various verticals that we could go after. Uh, I could, you know, we could take a look and see marine, uh, aviation, uh, commercial furniture. One that got me in particular very excited was, uh, was medical. Hadn't even occurred to me the demand in the medical space. My wife is a, um, she's a pharmaceutical rep. And so, uh, you know, I've got a built-in salesperson in eight to ten doctor's offices <laughs> every single day. And yeah. When, when I, when, you know, when I started looking at that, I go, okay, this is not a, this is not a potentially lucrative hobby. This is a, this is a bona fide career opportunity. Something could make absolutely make a go of. Very cool. Did you um, think that you would go the franchising route? Was that a consideration before, or were you just kind of wide open to any, any business idea that was going to speak to you? I was, I was leaning more towards <clears throat> franchising. I had. I had a brief period where I ran my own business uh, for about a year. And it was within the telecom space that I was in before. I, d- I moved into a bit of a, a consulting type of role. It d- didn't set the world on fire. It didn't go poorly either. It was somewhere in the middle. But it was absolutely a from-scratch business that I set up. And one of the reasons I ultimately went away from it and sold that business was I did not like having to do every single aspect of the business. I didn't like, you know, having to basically uh, re- recreate the wheel every time I needed to do something. Um, so I was, I was already leaning towards <clears throat> the franchise route, just just because there's so much of it with Fiber New that, and don't get me wrong, there, there's still a lot of, of, of you know, blood, sweat, and tears, and, and there's an onus on each and every uh, Fiber New owner. Uh, to do some due diligence and some hard work on their part to get things off the ground. Mm-hmm. But there is certainly mm-hmm. a number of things with FiberNew that is very much makes it a turnkey, a lot more turnkey than if you tried to create this from whole cloth. There's a lot of other advantages I have found after the fact. But, you know, we're, we're talking right now about just taking a look at those early days. I was leaning towards, Fiber, you know, definitely towards franchising. You know, I, I think a few of the um, having the products already in place, getting training um, on a system and, and, not having to learn each and every single thing the hard way and be self-taught on everything. Those were, those were all, all huge. Um, and man, I, I definitely did my due diligence, but I, at the same time, I was not in this exact space in any type of business uh, model I was in before. So I hadn't really stumbled across FiberNew until I started looking into this as a business opportunity. But when we talk about franchising, I, I think one of the things I've learned is coming out of training and uh, now being in the field and, and, and running my business here for, for a short while. What I, don't, what I don't even think, even even after doing a ton of due diligence, I don't think I realize just how much of a 500-pound gorilla FiberNew is in this space to the people who do business and to our potential customers. It is a well-known name. Wow, I mean, when I, whenever I got out, it blew my mind that I had people, I had warranty companies, uh, before I could ever sign up with them to be on their 
their list of vendors. They were already seeking me out. And the reason why was because whenever they had a customer in my market that needed something, their first course of action was just to go do a Google search and look for the fiber new uh, representative in that market. And it just so happened to be me. And that was the only reason they called me. Um, mm-hmm. that, that wouldn't have happened in a, uh, in, a, in a startup that I had done on my own. Um, mm-hmm. That was just due to the reputation and the name brand of Fibernew. That was huge. But I think the other thing is, is the support. Uh, when, whenever you do your, your due diligence and you, you make your validation calls, you, you keep hearing uh, each and every franchise I've spoken with uh, talk about how, how great the support is, uh, how, how readily available folks are to help. And I have found that to be absolutely the case as well. I haven't had an instance yet where I needed some advice, tips, pointers, <clears throat> or even some, in sometimes some caution uh, that I haven't gotten it in, in a single phone call. Um, that, that doesn't happen outside of uh, this type of business model where, again, where you're doing it on your own. You, you don't get that. You're literally mm-hmm. on your own. And, and I'm, mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't been on my own since I've, I've come on board with Fibernew. Um, and I, I don't want to ramble too much, but the last thing I'll mention, th- there's an aspect of Fibernew in this particular franchise that I, I don't see very much in the business world anymore. And you talk about entrepreneurial. It, it is certainly a, uh, a company of entrepreneurs, but it is very familial. Um, There's a big family atmosphere at this company where every franchise I've encountered wants every other franchisee to succeed. And as such, the level of support I've gotten, it hasn't just been from corporate, direct line from corporate to me. It has been kind of a a spider web throughout the country of other franchisees offering their advice, their message whenever I post something on the message board, or I've got a relationship now with multiple other franchisees in other markets. I can just call them up, glad to help, and I certainly return the favor for other people as well. So that's not something that's unique to a franchise. That's something that's unique to this franchise, and uh, and I've I've really loved that particular aspect of, of the decision I've made to go with Fibernail. Let's segue a little bit into where you are in your business. So you're officially in your second month of operation. Let's just talk a little bit about the various types of work you've done so far. You maybe talk a little bit, you know, just projecting into the future in terms of where you see your business kind of growing into in your market. Yeah, no, glad to. So as far as what I've done, I've done uh, everything from uh, geez, exam tables and doctor's offices to commercial outdoor furniture I mentioned to automotive, either repairing leather or I've done a number of, uh, of leather replacements uh, as well on the automotive front. Um, home, home furniture as well, the big one. Uh, I've gotten a number of good things from, from the warranty companies as well. That has uh, it, it's really run the gamut. On my end, it's been, it's, it, well, it's been by design that I've wanted it to go that way, but it's been a bit of a happy accident that everything, you know, I, I've, I've sourced things, <laughs> but I've also gotten good organic leads that run the spectrum as well. And the reason I say it's by design is you talk about how I'm planning it and trying to get it to go. And I, one thing I've discovered is I think, you know, each and every market uh, is just a slight little bit different for each franchisee in terms of, in terms of which sector, which vertical your time is best spent. Um, and, and I think that aligns as well to the potential owner as well. It's not just a market thing, but it's also an alignment with the owner and their preferences and their strengths as well. And right now, that's kind of where I am. I, I am trying to get my toe in the water and get that feel for my market. So I'm not really saying no to any particular type of repair at this point. I'm wanting to sample them all. I'm wanting to okay. 
determine which ones, quite, quite honestly, I enjoy doing the most. I'm wanting to see which ones are the most lucrative in terms of time invested versus uh, return on investment. And also which ones seem to be a competitive advantage in this market. Where, where, are, where are the ones where there's a ton of people playing and where are the ones where we're the only, only person in town? That is really, I'm, I'm in that assessment phase right now. I'm enjoying this assessment phase because I'm doing, doing jobs and, and getting paid for them and, and, and doing well with those. But I'm also you know, definitely lending an eye and paying close attention keeping track of which direction we might start leaning in <clears throat> in the future as we as and maybe doing a little bit of special. I don't, I don't ever see us being a single uh, single view, total, totally uh, tunnel vision on one. We, we, I think you've got to keep a broad swath, but I think everybody mm-hmm. ends up leaning in one direction, and that's where I'm going right now is which direction do we lean? You know, secondarily, I, 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 I've already recognized, uh, and, and, and I'll tell you, when you do your validation calls, every single person you talk to says, don't worry about the work being there. There will be work in your market. You know, you, you sweat these things as you're, as you're picking and choosing and designing which zip codes you want in your territory. You are crunching these numbers, <laughs> analyzing everything to, a, to the in, you know, decimal place. But people tell you, no matter which way you go, you're going to end up with work in your market. And, and, and you know what? I, even though you're still sweating that up until you get out of training and, and, and find out for yourself, I found that to be true as well. I have to ask, the medical offices you've done work for, the clinics, was that referral-based from your wife's connections? Or was... i got to give her full credit, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> All right. It was, it was. She, uh, you know, and... and Wow, what's what's funny is you know I've got two uh, I got two kids, so it seems like we're in a doctor's office at least every uh, every other month. I've never stared at furniture and exam tables so much in my life as since I've uh, bought this franchise. But it is uh, whether you're at the dentist, the orthodontist, the <laughs> the pediatrician, it is an easy conversation to have. Say, hey, couldn't help but notice uh, exam table's got a tear on it there. You know, that's a, as a matter of fact, that's something I do. And their eyes, well, well you do that? Yeah. So uh, it's, an e- it's a really easy conversation anyway. But yeah, she's, I got to give her full credit. She's got me into some good opportunities. Fantastic. It becomes like a, like a, a, a obsession you can't turn off, whether you're in you're a doctor's right. office or driving around the city or uh, at your friend's place, you know, having dinner. It's like your oh, radar is now... On, you can't, I, I, cannot, I cannot eat dinner somewhere without seeing that piece of duct tape on the booth anymore. It's, it's just staring me right <laughs> As you're cringing. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You just, well, no, you just, you're not cringing. I'm seeing dollar signs. It's nice. That's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're actually smiling. You know, you got, exactly. You've got the uh, warm and fuzzies going on. I think just in closing, I, I'm just wondering if, you were to put yourself in the shoes of someone looking at the business as you were just a few months ago. Any advice that um, that you can think of to that person? Just you know, going through the experience you went through and where you are now. I know we're in closing, and I'll try to be brief, but I, I, I'm kind of passionate about this. I think you need to look at where your passions lie and what you what you truly enjoy doing first of all. You know, what I was doing before, I I I've, I've told anybody that'll listen that you know what I was doing before, I could I could pull a couple of all-nighters on a project and get ulcers and uh and stress headaches and everything else. And at the end of the day, what what my I and my team produced from that was like, you know, basically a PowerPoint deck that people may or may not pay attention to when it was presented. 
now I'm doing tangible work that that with craftsmanship again that people see appreciate look at and go wow how in the world did you do that you see a smile when you hand it to them so each and every day there's there's a couple of those instant gratification moments that are that are incredibly rewarding uh that are honestly rewarding on a level that i never experienced before in the role i was in with that said what i'm doing now from a, if, if we just kind of put quotes in the air and call it work, from a work standpoint, it, it's harder work than what I was doing before. No, mm-hmm. no mistake at all. But mm-hmm. I want to quantify that it's worth it because it is more rewarding work for me. So I would say that, first of all, make sure you think you're somebody who's going to enjoy this type of work. Um, because if, 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 I think if you're just looking at dollars and cents and, and not examining the fact of whether this type of work is appealing to me, you could be going down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I think that's very important. Somebody examines the work and takes a look at it and says, hey, make sure something I'm going to do. The second thing I would offer, and, and I heard this in all my validation calls. In fact, when I was doing validation calls, I, I, I called, and, and, and I kudos to, to, to Fibernew for, for having the transparency to give me numbers of people who did not renew their franchise because mm-hmm. I called a number of those people. Um, mm-hmm. And in every one of those, uh, it, was, it was kind of like the old, the old breakup line. It was, hey, it wasn't them, it was me. Um, I, 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 I kept getting that. You know, the support was fantastic. The products were great. I've already been able to recognize, I'm going to have to go build this business myself. It's not a, if you buy it, they will come. Um, you're going to have to be your best salesperson in your market. You're going to have to be comfortable going and marketing yourself, going and meeting people. Um, and, and, and that's a must. And, and, I, and, and I know from my experience training salespeople, not everybody's completely comfortable with that. It sounds easy on the surface, but you got to think, think long and hard. Am I going to be comfortable with that facet of doing this job? Because I, I think that one particular aspect, if you try hard at that and become, become adept at it, it's the difference between having a wildly successful franchise and one that might not be. Thank you to JT Thompson of Fiber New Nashville Metro. Thank you for listening in. And thanks to Delicate Steve for the music on this episode. For questions or comments or for more info on JT or Fiber New, visit FiberNew.com. Hop onto Facebook or Instagram where you can find us as Fiber New International. My name is Jesse Johnstone and hope to chat with you soon. Take care. Cheers.